0: To give this um, talk a title, call it The Bodhisattva in the Street Carpentry Shop. <laughs> I think I've heard <laughs> that one before, Jeff. <laughs> Have you? <laughs> but the theme of it is about intimacy. And a uh, place to start um, in um, yesterday's Herald, there was a cartoon by Michael Looney you probably all know and uh, it's a good starting point for the theme of this because the title of there's four four different cartoons here but the title of the whole thing is find love today meet compatible singles near you Mm -hmm. (laughs) dating sex and the first cartoon is a little man this little man with the goggly eyes looking up at a cloud A single small wispy cloud floating across the sky. You may have a lot in common. There's same themes coming out in all of these ones. The theme in there um, is about the intimacy of everyday life, of clouds, and how we're transient like clouds. You know, we're alone in the emptiness like clouds. Mm -hmm. Such an intimate moment. And the second one is... A single dog standing, smiling on the footpath, seemingly at peace, but obviously not knowing what's happening and not caring. (laughs) (laughs) He may get along very well. Mm -hmm. Again, the theme of not knowing, Mm -hmm. not being caught in the conceptual world and not caring. (laughs) (laughs) And the third one is, a single tabby cat sitting hunched in the back lane, looking worried and wary. You may understand each other. <laughs> Shared suffering. <laughs> Universality of suffering. And the last one, A single old snail of considerable experience, making a slow but steady progress up the side of a rubbish bin, perhaps a soulmate. <laughs> and that last one, expresses the step-by-step practice of doing (laughs) things. Like a snail, an old snail just gradually crawling up the side of a rubbish bin. Rubbish bin, bin, yeah, nothing fancy. Probably when he gets to the top of the rubbish bin he goes back down. Um, They're lovely lovely cartoons. Um, The wonderful thing about Michael Looney, compared to many other cartoonists, is he captures in a lighthearted way some of the, 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 the spiritual nature of our life and the intimacy of our life in many, many ways? And uh, it reminds me of um, the distinction be- in, in um, Japanese literature and Zen literature the distinction between haiku and senryu. Um, haiku is the poetry of Zen, you know, like particularly basho. And the um, nature of haiku is to express a, um, an intimate moment, often to do with nature, but not entirely. And um, the nature of haiku is that they, they are the embodiment of intimacy and gentleness and compassion and connectedness. Whereas um, senryu, which often get confused with haiku, are more um, satirical, ironic, sarcastic looking at the foibles of human beings in a satirical way. And, um, but they're not the same. Uh, uh, Zen doesn't, um, the Zen literature doesn't express itself through senryu. It expresses itself through haiku. So Michael Looning is kind of like the cartoonist equivalent of haiku <laughs> uh, rather than senryu. Let me give you some other examples of some haiku that I just came across when I was putting this together to give you a sense of the spirit of them. Um, One of of the famous ones is by um, Basho. Wake up, wake up, be my friend, sleeping butterfly. Mm -hmm. I did my own version of this, of my experience the other day. Wake up, wake up, be my friend person walking by staring at mobile phones <laughs> another one by Isan just expected blossoms will flutter away that 's how it goes <laughs> Rofu human footprints human footprints make the crack suspicious when the tide is low Another one by Basho, which is very well known. Nothing in the cry of the cicada hints how soon it will die. Mm -hmm. The the cicada gives everything to that Mm. to that sound, everything. Mm. Mm -hmm. The wisteria drooping at this departure. And there's many more. But you can see the spirit of them. at at actually capturing an an intimate moment in time. Zen practice is ultimately about um, intimacy with everyday life. That's really the essence of it. And our practice is to open to the intimacy of everyday life and it's also to see what stops us. From being intimate with every life, everyday life, which is usually all of the strategies and self-preoccupations and thoughts that we all get caught up with. And in many ways, um, as Zen teacher is like a life coach, I suppose, um, directing people back to the momentary intimacy of their life all the time. But it's very different from what we consider a life coach in the in the conventional sense of the word, you know, where you're trying to develop a strategy, you know, to meet goals in your life. It's not like that at all. And sometimes people come to Zen practice um, with that idea that somehow through Zen practice like therapy or going to a life coach, you'll get strategies here to meet your life goals. I think you'd be very disappointed. <laughs> with that view. That's not what it's about. But often people will come along expecting that and actually um, even they're they're doing their best to be mindful that's kind of like the um, the agenda in the back of their mind and they're going to find a strategy here to meet the goals in my life so I can have a better relationship and better work and pay off the mortgage and be happy. But it's not about a strategy at all and it's actually much simpler than that. It's just about turning up to each moment and if you just turn up to each moment with a certain kind of attitude I can say it's not just turning up and being resigned to it but it's turning up to see the wonder in it you know and the beauty in it and the the connectedness that we all experience and there's something very alive about that very refreshing about that And the way that we can um, become um, intimate is is through an intimacy with nature, but also it comes through um, an intimacy with other human beings as well. There's a very good quote here from another Zen teacher that I came across about intimacy, which I'd like to read to you when we start to focus on relationships as intimacy. And um, it connects with a lot of my own thinking and some of the things I've written about it myself. Um, This is a talk by a Zen teacher called Anji, I think in America. If I were to use a metaphor for good and bad relationships, it would be this. There are two people walking down the street together, and as they walk, this is the good relationship, these are two people walking down the street together, and as they walk, they're looking at the sky, the ground, the trees, the buildings, and perhaps commenting on those. Or they might talk to one another about possibilities that may unfold for them, they may just walk together in silence but they are attentive to the details of the walking of their surroundings and that of course includes each other but without an enormous sense of problem a bad relationship is like two people walking down the street but they see nothing but each other they watch each other continually worrying what the other is thinking what facial expressions might mean what is going on in the other person's mind, wondering about their relationship, wondering do you love me, which is stifling and claustrophobic. And she goes on to say, real intimacy is intimacy with your whole life, and it is only to the extent that you can be intimate with your own life, that you can be intimate with the life of another. I think this is really quite obvious. If your attention is so folded down that you are spending a good portion of your time lost in storylines and feeling tones and strategies, you make yourself unavailable and unresponsive to reality. And the final point, which is good, other people are not your thoughts and feelings about them. (laughs) And so... The Zen approach, you know, to being in an intimate relationship, like a husband-wife relationship, boyfriend-girlfriend. Um, boyfriend-boyfriend, girlfriend-girlfriend, doesn't matter what the Zen is. Um, but the approach to it is about reducing self-preoccupation in a relationship. That's the Bodhisattva way. And it's true what the Dalai Lama says too about um, relationships, or well, needs to be nuanced a bit. But um, the theme that comes through in, in most Buddhist teachers talking about relationships is make the other person the focus of your happiness, making yourself the focus of the happiness. And if you make the other person the focus of your happiness, you will become happier. But this, this complete sort of self-preoccupation with finding the right person and making sure they can read my mind and whether they can soothe me and so on, all of this leads to relationship conflict, Um, and this kind of workshopping of relationships all the time, and and, and it being sort of like a a problem all the time that has to be resolved. Of course, the Dalai Lama's words need some nuancing, really, if you're a lay person or you're a couple therapist (laughs) and you deal with this day by day, because the act of giving and compassion and being, you know, being concerned about, the other person's happiness, of course, has to have some, has to be tempered by wisdom. You know, um, some of the things that other people think will make them happy are not necessarily making them happier. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had a my work goes themes happen from week to week, week to week, or month to month. And the theme this month is a lot of. Um, Parents who are coming around about my age on the brink of retirement or retiring complaining about their adult children who are in their 30s, 20s, 30s, who are very well educated and very qualified and they're still paying their rent somewhere, Do you know, and they're, they're asking for money and telling them what bad parents they are or expecting their kids to be um, minded, Do you know, unreasonable ways while like they go out and party or go over season holidays you know and um, I i guess I'd take the position well if you keep doing that you're actually enabling them you know to continue to do those things sure you want to give to your kids and so on um, but this is kind of like take 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 without any appreciation and to just have the happiness of your children by giving them whatever you want is not not necessarily wise giving. There's also always this element of, it's always the wisdom teaching in in Buddhism, not just the compassion teaching, and they they need to go together. But anyway, let me tell you a story about the Bodhisattva in the back street. Carpentry shop. Last Monday I had a very um, challenging day and it's a day that I was planning to go sailing and experience the intimacy of the sea and the wind on my face and so on. Um, but there was a job I had to get done at home where a kitchen cabinet was broken and I had to find a part for it. And so I didn't think it would take me very long. So I went to one place, a kitchen place, and when um, mm-hmm. I came in I was greeted in a very charming, pleasant kind of way, but as soon as I realised I just wanted to get a small car, <laughs> and I wasn't there to be sold a brand new kitchen. <laughs> Um, the smiles become more increasingly frozen <laughs> and I could sense the anxiety of getting rid of me as soon as they And I got the runaround around all day. Oh you could, yeah, if there's a place down there you can get them. And I went there, it didn't even exist. And I was travelling from suburb to suburb on a very hot day going through um, the ugly industrial areas of northern parts of Sydney looking for the thing I wasn't even quite sure whether I could find. And um, there was a point there where I was, in the beginning of it, where I was frustrated so I was suffering. And then there was a point where I thought, well, you chose to do this rather than go sailing. And that became, you chose to do it, and this is what's following. And it was only when I let go of the idea of the intimacy of the day of sailing on the ocean and just sort of, surrendered to the intimacy of, of an unpleasant intimacy of a hot day driving around endlessly in a car trying to get a car parked for something I wasn't quite sure whether I could find, then dealing with people who wanted to get rid of me as soon as they realised <laughs> what I was after. But anyway, um, what really made the day is that there was this um, place near where I live, where I came back to, and I'd actually phoned this man the day before, who makes kitchens, and uh, from that brief conversation, it was a pleasant conversation. Anyway, I accidentally went back to the same place and said, oh, you're the guy who called me yesterday. He said, I've been worried about you, do you know about, do you know you're finding a solution to your problem? I thought he was worried about me. <laughs> <laughs> he cares. <laughs> no? and, um, and anyway, he, he was such a, a pleasant old man, and he was like you know you, you hear same stories about people just being absorbed in their work in a calm kind of way when i when i came in and i he didn't notice i said he was just absorbed in his walk at work and you could tell he had this demeanor of being a kind mm-hmm. calm unrushed kind of person and he said oh well there might be another solution to it there's these brackets here you know and you could try putting them on da da da. and i was and i you know, thanked him profusely, and I said, well, how how much are they? How much do they worth?" He said, I don't know, really. (laughs) I probably don't cost much. Um, And and, uh, then I I wanted to, I said to him, well, could I give you $5 for them, $10 for them? He said, I don't really know how much they Mm worth And I got the impression he didn't really want me to give him the Mm -hmm. money, so I thanked him profusely. And we had a lovely exchange, you know, and um, he certainly made me happy. And I'm sure he made himself happy because he was in this kind of generous, calm, bodhisattva frame of mind. And I found the solution to my kitchen problem. (laughs) But but the intimacy is not just like we find in haiku. It's not just turning up to the pleasant intimacies of nature. You know, the intimacies of the sea, as wonderful as as that is. It's also it's turning up to the intimacy of being frustrated. It's, it's turning up to the intimacy of um, uh, dealing with false human expression. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the intimacy of turning up to a blistering hot day and we can't get a park anywhere. There's that intimacy to life as well. It's not just this pleasant. Experience, but if we turn up, if we're willing to turn up to the unpleasant, pleasant and the neutral, and we, we take life as it is. Nevertheless, that there is an intimacy there, even in those unpleasant experiences. Driving round endlessly, not knowing what you're doing, you know, in the hot weather in an industrial area can be intimate. If you if you surrender to the experience. It's mm-hmm. not something I would choose to do every day, <laughs> but um, when it turns out that way, well, that's what it is. And and there's a way in which you you laugh at yourself, you know. You have kind of like a loony kind moment, you know, and you kind of laugh at the amusement of it. But it's um, but it's still turning up to the intimacy of what life is revealing. To me in this moment. Mm-hmm. So um, that ultimately is what Zen practice is about in a lived life. It's 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 the and as the other Zen teacher said quite wisely, you know, we need to be um, intimate to our own life really before we can be intimate with another person. Most people think of it the other way around. Um, and doing meditation in silence, as we do by ourselves but with each other as well, is an intimacy too. You're intimate to your your breathing, you're intimate to your thumbs touching, you're intimate to the experience of other people and the shared joy and the shared suffering we have Mm -hmm. in our lives. Um, All of that is intimacy. So, to return to learning. Find love today, meet compatible singles near you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What kind of singles might they be?